This is the Beyond the Profi podcast, the podcast that empowers you and inspires you to seek career excellence while pursuing your passion. And I'm your host, Jasmine Haley. family. This Beyond the Profi podcast episode is brought to you in part through a sponsorship from Young Dental. This episode's feature product is the Vera Classic Elite Original Disposable Profi Angles. What makes this product super cool is the fact that it's able to reach those hard-to-reach areas such as tight buccal mucosa or even third molars in small mouths. It also has external ridges in the cup, which makes it really good for advanced stain removal and minimal splatter. It has a slim body, small, rounded head. And to find out more about this product, you can go to www.youngdental.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Beyond the Profi podcast. I have a very special guest. I am on site, on site at RDH on One Roof 2018 at the Gaylord National Resort. And I have a very special guest that I had the privilege to meet because she took the time to drive five-plus hours. I know it was more than five hours to come and spend some time with me in Florida just a few weeks ago. So my special guest is Martel, and she is the founder of Brown Girl RDH. And so I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Oh, I'm so happy for you to be here. Um, you have an incredible journey, incredible story, incredible mission, and um, it deserves to be shared because it's going, it is impacting people. And the pull that you have in such a short amount of time needs to be celebrated. Thank you. So first, tell the listeners exactly what is Brown Girl RDH? Okay, Brown Girl RDH is a community. It's a sisterhood. It is something that was created by me to reach out and connect um, all the minorities or all the girls that don't have a role model, any support. The girls and the guys who don't have that father figure in their life who aren't going to push them to go to school. I want to start by telling my story, and maybe it'll help um, you to understand why I started Brown Girl Early Age and what it really is. Um, I grew up in a family of 10. We had 10 siblings. I was the oldest girl. Being the oldest, I had the responsibility of doing everything. So I had to cook for the entire family, including my mom and my stepdad. Um, Every time my mom would have a kid, that baby would go in my room. I remember being in the sixth grade. My mom had my sister. When she was pregnant, I cried. When I found out she was pregnant, I cried because I knew, like, oh, my God, i got to have to take care of another baby. But as soon as she had that baby, that baby was in my room, in my bed. Um, I'm up 4 o'clock in the morning pushing a stroller around the house trying to get this baby to stop crying, giving her a bottle. Like, that was my responsibility to take care of the kids. So for me, school was an escape. It was something that I did to get away. I love school. The rest of my siblings, they can care less. What kid likes school? Well, I don't want to go to school. I can't wait till I graduate. No, I was like, like I need to go to school. So fast forward, 
get to high school and um, you know I was excited I wanted to be a dental hygienist I knew I wanted to be a dental hygienist uh, so definitely I knew I wanted to be a dental hygienist that was my goal did the college application um, was getting ready to start and I ended up pregnant I was like oh my goodness like I do not want to be the stereotypical African-American female pregnant in school so I didn't go I was pregnant I'm like after I have this baby I'm gonna um, go back to school so I have my daughter this is back in 2006 and I was working at the Gap as soon as I had the baby I was like I'm gonna go back to school I'm gonna apply I'm gonna do this I had my daughter and I had two seizures so when you have seizures they didn't know why I had the seizures turns out I had toxemia my blood pressure increased um, instead of just treating that what they did was they put me on Dilantin which is a, a seizure medication I was on that medication and I was a zombie they were like you cannot drive you can't cook you can't really take care of your baby don't be alone with the baby like I was not myself at all one day I woke up and I'm like I'm nothing right now I stopped taking that medication against doctor's orders. I was like, nope, I don't have seizures. This is just something that happened. I had two seizures. Stop taking the medication. After that, I called the hygiene school. I'm like, let me get back on track because working at the Gap wasn't, I wasn't happy. So I called the dental hygiene school in New York, and I was like, hey, I want to be a dental hygienist. Like, I have this um, baby who was probably six months old. What do I need to do? So they were like, oh, you have a baby? Maybe you should um, do dental assisting. I was like, oh, okay, I'm 19 years old. I don't know the difference. So I did dental assisting. It was an online program, certificate program, and that was easy. I did it online, got straight A's. It's like, okay, I started working as a dental assistant. I worked for a doctor. He treated his assistants horrible. He treated his front desk horrible. The hygienists were like queens. I was like, dang, I need to really be a hygienist. What am I doing as an assistant? <laughs> so I'm looking like, okay. Um, so then I would go. <laughs> so then I would go to the uh, the hygienist and be like, okay, I'm I'm thinking about doing hygiene because that's what assistants do. They're like, oh, I like you know, I see what you do. I'm thinking about doing hygiene, and the response I got was, oh my god, it's so hard. They have a point system and. You know, like, we barely made it. It wasn't encouraging. It was more like, girl, you don't know what I had to do to get here. And I'm thinking, y'all don't have the least bit of common sense. So if you can do it, I can do it. Yeah. So I applied. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm smart. Like, I'm going to do this. So I applied, and as soon as I applied, I got in. I was a dental assistant at that school, and I went through that program. So they already knew me. I had a 4.0 in that program. So they were like, okay, let's go ahead an acceptor I was yeah so so you made it even through all of those challenges you completed the program yes and you had limited resources first college first college graduate nobody yes. knew I went to college my mom didn't even know I had a seizure when I had my baby there was no support no dad no mom no family support and um, when I got in the program when I got accepted I was like oh my god I'm so excited I'm so excited so got the letter I needed uniforms and you need all this stuff before you start orientation yes. I had nothing to start I oh panicked I said I can't do it I can't go I can't yeah. afford it I had no support from my husband my boyfriend at the time he's like you can't go to school we got rent we lived in New York I was mm -hmm. like all right well I'm not going I spoke to my friend and she's like what do you mean you're not going she said you need to get student loans I was like what are student loans you have to understand I didn't know anything about school school wasn't stressed yeah. in my family mm -hmm. I got those student loans and I 
manage them out, and that's how I got through hygiene school. So with Brown Girl RDH, my friend was at Brown Girl RDH that said, you are going to do this. This is how you do it. She was Brown Girl RDH for me. So I got through the program, and 10 years later, I'm here, and I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe there's someone else out there that needs a Brown Girl RDH. Mm-hmm. We're going to start Brown Girl RDH. And you know what? I'm going to help these students with supplies. I remember pawning my jewelry to get uniforms. Mm. Uniforms are, what, $300? Mm-hmm. You had to get the blood pressure cuff, the shoes. That's not a lot. Yeah. That's not a lot for someone to say, hey, you know what? I can pay for this for you. Yeah. But that was enough for me to say, I can't do this. I can't afford it. Even though I'm in here and I'm academically gifted, I can't afford to do it. Yes. And a lot of us can't afford to do so it. So many. I mean, I, I couldn't. I had to work my way through. My mother couldn't support me. Right. I get it. Right. And there's so many of us that are like that. Who are like I was a first college graduate mm-hmm. from from my my um, my siblings. Mm-hmm. After I graduated, my yeah. siblings that are like much much older than me, they're like, oh whoa whoa whoa, whoa. all right, well, right. you know, let me go to school now. Yeah. And it's it's very it's remarkable the resilience that we have. And I've listened to something recently that basically said that when you grow up financially. You don't have as much financial resources as others. Uh-huh. It builds this strength of character that someone that had all of these resources could not handle some of the challenges. Right. That they just don't know what to do. Right. Whereas someone that is financial that has limited financial resources r- being raised, I remember just eating all like whatever we could manage to put together, scrap together, right. even if it's like some rice and, you know, exactly. whatever you need, whatever you need to Noodles. To okay? Yep. Love me Ramen noodles. noodles what okay? hot sauce? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Don't forget the hot sauce. <laughs> but it's like, now, when I deal with challenges, or even like when I created Beyond the Profi, you created Brown Girl RDH, uh-huh. you may not have all the answers, but you know one thing, if you pull through the circumstances you came from, exactly. you can do anything. And that's how I felt when they were like, oh, it's so hard. I'm like, hard? Like, they, no. Yeah. I've already been through hard. This is easy. Yes. Like, they're going to give me everything I need to know. They're going to teach me. Yes. That's cake. Yes. So I knew I couldn't do it. There mm-hmm. wasn't that part. It was like, how am I going to do it? Who's going to support me? Yeah. So that one friend, she didn't give me money, <laughs> but yeah. she gave me advice that I and didn't to, have. And to know that there's a possibility. Sometimes right. you just need to be told there's a possibility. Right. This is an opportunity. I had a conversation two years ago. This is an opportunity, Jasmine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, well, hold up. What the heck am I sitting here for, waiting yeah. for somebody to hand something to me? Yes, yes. So it's it's incredible. I love that. And then now you're like, you're taking what they did for you and creating an even bigger legacy that she even started yes. for you. And I'm friends with her 12 years later to this day. We bump heads, but that's my boo. Okay. I love her. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Becky, Rebecca, Alexis, graphic designer. <laughs> Put her website in there. Say her website. Right. She got a website? Okay. She do have a website, but I don't know if she <laughs> want all that information on there. You know, can put people out there like that. So Christy's my boo. Christy's my boo. Professionally, you know, I met her when I first started, and um, we've been friends for 11 years. We fight. We bicker. She's constantly getting on me. You know, it's yeah. all love. Yeah, it but is. But I know 
that at the end of the day, if I needed something from her, if I'm on my last five dollars, she's going to give me her last five dollars. Exactly. So it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yes. And you're creating an amazing opportunity. Right. So tell some some of the future possibilities, not possibilities, but future um, things that you're going to be doing through Brown Girl. Okay, so definitely I want to... I want to see Brown Girl in 50 states. Every state needs to have a chapter. Every state needs to have a support system. I don't care if it's only two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to connect on that level. We need to encourage each other on that level because it's not just hygiene that we need help with. Sometimes someone's going through something and they just need somebody to talk to. I've been there. Mm -hmm. Like, for someone to say, you know, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about that. Turn that phone off, you know? So it's more of a... A community more so. Yes, there's going to be newsletters and events and fundraisers and, and networking um, opportunities for sure. But more so, I want it to be a, like a sisterhood and a brotherhood for mm-hmm. everyone because we need that. We need that brown girl in our family. I still, to this day, I knew who my dad was. I reached out to him. He never reached back out to me. It's like, dang, am I worthy? And as a little girl growing up, and it's like, what did I do? You know, what am I worth? And I take that now in my marriage. Like, am I worth it? People don't understand. Like, these things, they sit in the back of your mind. You know, everything looks good on the outside, but deep down, we all need somebody to talk to. And that's why I'm here. Like, I talk to people about stuff that has nothing to do with hygiene, but, like, I'm your girl. Brown girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. Martel, um, you know, I wish we can talk longer because I, I know you've got some work, but I'm going to tell you this. You are worthy. Thank you. You are beautiful. Thank you. You are highly intelligent. I'm hating on you because you got such a nice shape, but that's no. neither here nor there. <laughs> no, okay? No, no. <laughs> but I'm just, it's such a privilege to have met you and to see what you're doing. I think it's wonderful. And I celebrate you. I know you do, and I thank you so much. Like, yeah. you are my sister for sure. Yeah. Oh, well, thank, thank you, you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Anytime. All right, tell them where they can reach you. Um, you can reach me at um, info at browngirlrdh.org, or you can visit the website, definitely the Facebook page. It's just browngirlrdh. All right, thank all right. You. And stay tuned for more. Stay tuned. <laughs> all right. <laughs>